Welcome back to the program. Could history repeat itself? Bill Michaels Show brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We are glad you're with us today. Thanks to, to Bud Light for being a part of the program as well. Think about this, okay, in regards to Aaron Rodgers. Let's just say it is going to happen to where Aaron Rodgers decides, you know what, I think there's greener grass somewhere else, okay? So he is going to force the Green Bay Packers into some sort of trade. Now, you start to think about where he could end up. Where could you get a maximum in return? Where could you possibly get a quarterback in return of some quality? Think about this for a minute now. Hmm. I couldn't imagine it happening, but could history repeat itself? Two years ago, Tom Brady leaves New England, goes to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay so happens to be the host city for the Super Bowl. Terrific Tom. He then leads his team to a Super Bowl in front of their hometown fans, and they win it all. Offseason comes. Matthew Stafford. Gets traded away. L.A. goes all in. They want to win a championship in front of their hometown fans out at SoFi Stadium, $5.5 billion. It happens. Where's the Super Bowl next? You start thinking. You go, wait a minute. It's in Arizona. It's in Arizona next year. Could there possibly be a deal for the disgruntled Kyler Murray to get out of Arizona? A young, decent-armed, mobile quarterback. Could they swap out those picks, Aaron Rodgers for Kyler Murray and maybe something else? Because they know they're ready to fly. DeAndre Hopkins coming back, J.J. Watt coming back. You start to go through that list of players that they have down there, the capability. Could they possibly then try to make their run in front of their hometown fans and create a deal that would be enticing enough for the Green Bay Packers to say, yeah, you know what, we'll go ahead and and trade him in the uh, conference. We'll do that. Think about that. Think about that. Could that possibly happen? It could. You don't know, but it could. I still think that um, that I still have a belief that Rodgers is going to be a Green Bay Packer. I think, you know, as it's it's tough to say. I mean, I know yesterday we played it again with Joe Theismann in that that discussion about it takes a little while to kind of get acclimated. And if you don't have a lot of veterans around you to be able to say, hey, we can do this right here, right now, it's tough to come in and begin to run offenses and make everything click right here, right now. It's tough. It's not easy. But in back-to-back seasons, it's been done. Who's to say Aaron Rodgers, who everybody considers to be the smartest guy in the room, right? Who's to say he can't get on the same page immediately with the guys around him? 
Now, he could run the team. He could run that. You think Cliff Kingsbury's got enough juice to be able to tell Aaron Rodgers what the nay, 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 nay. And in return, you get Kyler Murray, maybe something else, maybe another draft choice, something like that, to where you get a quarterback that you know has really a lot of upside who looked like he was the MVP of the league for the first seven games until he went down with injury and then faded as he had done the year prior. So he has to put a full season together. But at least you know there's that capability, and then you continue on down the road if that if that happens. And that might be enough to entice Devontae Adams to stay if you know you're getting a quality quarterback. Right? Or at least a quarterback that has some ilk. Do I think that's going to happen? No. No. But it's out there. It's being discussed. People are talking about it. You're going to hear about it. Somebody's going to bring it up, and they're going to go, hey, Kyler Murray wants out. He's not happy. Look, he wiped his Instagram of all the Arizona Cardinals stuff. Hey, you know, okay. I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. I still think that this is going to work itself out, and I, I still believe Maybe it's more fandom in me. Maybe it just is. Maybe it's it's um maybe it's my want. Speaking as a fan and not that I do this for a living, but speaking as a fan for his Here's your honest moment, okay? Aaron Rodgers has come from I have a chip on my shoulder and I want to be the greatest and I'll do anything to get there type of quarterback, smooth, smart, intelligent, personable, to being a diva and an arrogant ass. That's what he is. Maybe to those around him, he's this great guy. But publicly, to the fans, to what's gone on, the inability to make a commitment, to walk the line, to love people to talk about him, to be Hollywood, to go to Malibu, to do three fingers, two fingers, four fingers of scotch, to not be the beer and brats guy, to not be the hunter, the fisherman, to, to, to almost be, to, to put himself on a pedestal to look down upon the peasants that are us. It's kind of an arrogant ass. But... To the other side of the coin, he's what I consider to be the best technical quarterback I've ever seen play. And I want him on our team because I believe that he eventually will kick through the wall. And I want our team, my team, your team, to be the team that he kicks through the wall with. I believe there's a Super Bowl in the future. It depends a lot on Brian Gutekinds, who I think has done a pretty good job. It's going to depend on Aaron Rodgers and the strength of Matt LaFleur. I believe there's something here. And I believe that there's still some some light on the horizon. And I don't want to see that light go out prematurely. I, I just don't. Not over arrogance, pettiness. And now if he doesn't want to come back and he wants to go be a diva somewhere else, then I will root like hell against him. Because of what's gone on over the last year. He's He's not the same guy. He's not the same good guy. He's... He's the I'm going to find a way to dislike you every day type of guy. I'm going to put my chips on my shoulder and I'm going to and you're you're excommunicated from my life. You you are no more or no less than my family. That type of thing. And that that bothers me because you like your guys. You like your people. You like the guys you cheer for to be personable. We wish all of our guys could be Donald Driver and, and Brett Favre. You mash those two together. 
That's the absolute. Brett Favre loved to hunt, loved to fish, loved to be just one of the guys. Donald Driver loves everybody, man. He's a lovable character. And even Donald got big time. Once he hit Dancing with the Stars, he got big time. He went from answering his phone to not answering his phone. Changing numbers. Okay, well, but then again, he's still, every time he sees you, he's the first guy to run up and give you a hug. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If you're a fan and, he, and you've got 20 autographs from him, he'll run over and give you a hug. Hey, how you been? I've seen it. But as a fan, I think we've been put through the ringer. But we also know what's good for our team. We also know that we're very much a fast food world. We want it here. We want it now. And if he's not here and he's not now, then we don't have that legitimate shot. Unless there's some type of a magnanimous trade made that you're getting just as good, if not better, talent in return. So I get where fans are coming from when they say they're tired of this blank. I get it. I also know in my head, in, in analytics, what gives you the best shot at actually winning? And I'm not talking just winning in the, in the regular season. It, it's come to a, a, a gut punch of an end the last few years. I agree with that. I saw a couple of tweets that said, great, pay him the most money, make him the highest paid quarterback to win the most games in the regular season because he can't do it in the postseason anymore. I understand that. And Rodgers this year, and I said this yesterday, I don't give two dams about the regular season. The regular season to me is now just a warm-up for what the postseason should be. You win 10 games, get in. Win 12 games, get in. Be the best damn team in the NFC, get in. I don't care. It doesn't matter anymore. The expectation is not to get to the postseason. It's not to win the division. I don't care if you get beat twice by the Bears, you get beat twice by the Vikings. I don't care. Win every other game, get yourself in the postseason. doesn't matter to me. The regular season doesn't mean blank. It's all about postseason wins now. That's where the legacy comes. That's where the light is at the end of the tunnel. And if it's not there, then what are we doing? You're either in it to win it or you're just spending your money to spend your money just because. Right? Or you need to come out and say, we're going to rebuild. Right now, I think the Packers are in it to win it. We've got three weeks to find out what's going to happen. Because this is a transition period. You are either transitioning towards, here's all of our chips, here's the table, bam. Or you're going to go in the opposite direction. And you and I both know it. We'll talk about it. We'll decipher it. We'll break it down. We'll analyze it. We'll look at it. And we'll look at this giant lump of clay and go, you know what? It's got to be remolded. Starting over. Starting over. One of the two. But it's right there. In the next three weeks, you're either going to have this great molded asset that you just have to just polish a little bit, just tweak a little bit, and just kind of put a couple pieces with it, or you're going to have this giant lump of just black clay, and you're starting over. One of the two. Now, you can turn it around in just a couple of years. Look at what Cincinnati did. They were, what, a two-win, two four-win team a couple of years ago, and then they find themselves in the Super Bowl. They go out, they buy themselves a new defense, they got themselves some really good draft choices, made the most of it, found a quarterback to lead, and psh, boom, off and running. Okay, it can be done. But we're going to find out in the next three weeks. So that's where I'm at as a fan because I know we've been put through the ringer, but I also will say this. I have got unbelievable, mad props respect for the ability that Aaron Rodgers has. I think he has fallen short in the postseason in the last two years specifically. And I think when I see guys like Joe Burrow and Tom Brady and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Matthew Stafford and these quarterbacks just will their teams back into ballgames and you look for, for 
Aaron Rodgers to be this cardiac kid to to whisk the magic into Lambeau Field and just to see it completely fall short in the exact same fashion it did the year prior, just locking on one guy, seeing other guys open, not, you know, and you just go, what the hell? Well, you know, what what was all this for? Why did we have our guts ripped out for an entire offseason for this, For for the same crap? I believe there is something different on the horizon. And I believe Aaron Rodgers is the answer to that. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. program we are glad you're with us welcome back to uh the bill michael show thanks so much as always and uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at bud light the official beer sponsor of the bill michael sports talk network the loss this past weekend for the badgers while it was kind of a gut punch you lose at home you lose at the Kohl center uh but but rutgers they're not a slouch they they've beaten in three straight games they have knocked off top 25 teams and they are trying to press themselves back into the tournament. Meanwhile, you got the Badgers now on the road taking on Indiana coming up tonight down at Assembly Hall. Joining us in studio is Zach Heilprin, uh, the sports director for WOZN in Madison. It was not a, a great loss by any stretch of the imagination, but Rutgers is playing some pretty decent basketball right now, right? Yeah, I mean, they put themselves on the bubble. I think they are certainly a bubble team. They weren't before this three-game stretch where they beat Michigan State, Ohio State, and then came and beat Wisconsin for the first time in Madison ever. Now, they haven't played a ton there, but it was their first win ever in Madison. So, yeah, that's not a bad team. They got some really nice pieces in Baker and uh, Artest and, you know, um, and obviously Paul Mulcahy, who came out of, I wouldn't say out of nowhere, kind of reminds me of Ben, though. Like, the like how you get him beat by uh, – producer ben like how is how is ben <laughs> how is ben beating you right like now this guy was a, a star in high school like he was like the new jersey player of the year uh but he reminded me like i mean it looked like ben out there beating them towards the end of it right yeah right. It, well there's you nothing, know, you, n- nothing you, against you ben am no, i allowed to retort yeah please do ben <laughs> um i did not wear a headband in high school no that's totally and something i was do. a far better shooter than him <laughs> not you didn't night. have hops though Oh, no. I, I, I've told you about my knees. I, I, I can't get two inches off the ground. Below the no rim. No hops, though. Below the rim. Um, the, the 11-0 run really kind of uh, propelled uh, Rutgers. I, that's where I kind of tuned into the game a little bit on Saturday. And and that was they were in the midst of that, in, in that, that late run. And it just seemed like the Badgers, the shooting woes at times seemed to come and go. And when they when they come, man, they, they especially from beyond the arc, Zach, they yeah. just are atrocious at times. The thing about it is they've won a lot of games when they haven't shot it well from deep, but it's when they've been doing all the other things well. And in the second half of that game, they were not good at doing the little things. I mean, the turnovers, uh, Greg Gard said it was the, the highest percentage uh, turnover half they've had all year. They've been so good in close games, right? They are, they're 11-1 in games decided by six or fewer points. This one didn't roll into that, but... Um, they were really bad down the stretch. They turned the ball over inopportune times, didn't hit big shots, didn't get the stops that they needed. Uh, Tyler Wall missing that Point Blake layup. Like there, there were the things that they have done so well in the games where they've been able to close them out. They didn't do them well at the end of that. And um, shooting 
has come and gone all year. But um, the other things they've done so well, they didn't do them well against Rutgers. I, this is about the third time somebody's brought this up to me, and and I, I'm getting this over on the Bud Light live stream where the Kohl Center is quiet. Is the Kohl Center quiet? It actually wasn't bad the other day. I under, I, I don't know what it is. I, I think it's kind of where it's, look, the Kohl Center is never going to be Cameron Indoor Stadium. It's never going to be like these places that are loud 24 uh, 7. It's just not, that's just not where it's going to be. But I also think it's kind of where the mics are set up sometimes uh, for TV broadcasts. The other day, it was actually one of the better crowds. And afterwards, all I heard was people crying about the crowd. And um, I, don't, I, I don't really know what you can do. They're not going to move the students around, uh, around the uh, floor like they do at Illinois and they do at Michigan State. Like, that's not going to happen. The Kohl Center is very good for big games, and it's uh, very average for pretty much everything else. But if all the things that to complain about after the Rutgers game the other day, right. the crowd was not it. Right. Now, I completely agree. I mean, getting back to the X's and O's. So now I feel they're going to win tonight. I, I look for a rebound. Pardon the pun. Uh, they've been good in fe- fending off adversity. They've been able to turn things around. Now, whether or not they win by six or whether or not they win by 20 or whether or not they win by one in an ugly battle, I still think they get a win. But when you look at their losses and what's going on throughout the season, you know, I, I still think that the Badgers, they bounce back pretty nicely. We've seen them do it uh, when they lost to Providence earlier this year. They lost to Ohio State. They bounced with a big, big win, but it was over Nichols, granted. <laughs> but we've seen them bounce back with victories. So I, I'm looking for nothing less tonight against Indiana down in Indiana. I, the way, I, Yes, I agree. The, the way I look at this, the, these last four games, but we kind of talked about it going into it, um, you know, like, no one. I don't think anybody. A lot of. I don't should say. I don't think a lot of people picked them going into Michigan State, right? So they kind of stole one right. from Michigan State, and then they gave it back against Rutgers. I think they're kind of in the spot that where a lot of people thought they would be, anyways. Not the beginning of the season, but the last, you know, since they proved to be a pretty good team. Ten and four was kind of out of these last four games. Kind of thought maybe that's where they would be. Going into this one, they haven't lost back to game back to back games all year. They're underdogs tonight. I believe it's a three points. Uh, they have they're four and two as underdogs. And you're right. They have bounced back really, really well after losses. And, and uh, I, I look for, I think Johnny Davis is going to have a big game. But I also think Brad Davison is going to eventually, and you hope for Wisconsin's sake, that it's tonight that he snaps out of that three-point streak. Because he's, I believe, four for 28 in his last four games. And he was atrocious against Rutgers. And there were a lot of open shots. I have not seen, you don't normally see Brad miss that many open shots. So I would say, I think it's the stars tonight that lead him. Johnny Davison and Brad Davison, with Davison snapping out of that that uh, cold streak he's in. What is uh, the toughest, short of, say, Purdue, obviously, what is the toughest game that's remaining on the docket? Because Mm. I don't see Indiana as this major foe. Obviously, playing down in Assembly Hall is a big deal. They get Michigan at home. I believe it's Minnesota's on the road. They're going to face Rutgers again, right? They go to Rutgers, right? Second or third last game of the season? Yeah, where Rutgers has played fantastic all year. I mean, they've they've beaten Purdue down there. They've beaten Ohio State, beaten Michigan State. Right. I would look, I mean, if it was, I think it's either Michigan or Rutgers. Rutgers, because Wisconsin just hasn't played well at Rutgers. And uh, we, as I just mentioned, the other teams have gone there and lost. And Rutgers is a pretty good team, it seems, this year. And then, but Michigan, with the way Hunter Dickinson is playing, uh, what they did to Purdue last week, that would be, to me, a uh, a big one. Those, those would be the two. If it was on the road, I'd definitely say Michigan. But uh, the game being at home certainly um, is right to... It's going to be a tough one, but I think they can pull that one out. I think the the game at Rutgers is probably the toughest outside of the Purdue one. 
Who has to be, because I keep looking at this Badger team and 90%, 95% of the time, their scoring comes from the starters. That's it. Yeah. Who has to be that guy that begins to emerge off the bench? If anybody, if they're going to go deep into the postseason, what has to happen? Gosh. Because you always have to have one of those guys. You, you, you would hope, you would hope it'd be a guy like Lauren Bowman, uh, a guy towards getting more experience. And he, and he has played a little bit better now. He didn't have a great game against Rutgers, but he has, he has played better and he's a guy that can hit from the outside. Um, you know, Chris Vogt has, uh, Chris Vogt has given them some uh, down low, especially when Steven Crowell has been in foul trouble, but Bill, if they're going to go deep in this tournament, it's going to be because of their starting lineup. Like that's, it's going to be the stars. It's going to be Tyler mm-hmm. wall. It's going to be Brad Davison. And it's going to be especially Johnny Davis. And I know that is relying a little bit too much on them, but that's what they've done all year. They, their bench, they're not deep. And if they get in foul trouble, they're in trouble. <laughs> you know, so I, I don't look at anybody on that bench and say, yep, that guy's going to come off and, and really give them a huge lift. I think they can, scoring-wise, can they give them something else in other ways? Yes. Lauren Bowman can, can give them something defensively. Chris Vogt can give them something defensively. Jacoby Neath rebounding. Like, there, there are things that they can give them. But scoring punch, I mean, I don't, I don't this may be the lowest scoring bench in Wisconsin history. Maybe they need someone like me. Maybe they need, maybe they do. Maybe they do. Uh, some below the rim scoring, right? You noticed my groan there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you've got right now in the Big Ten, you've got five teams ranked in the top 25. Uh, Rutgers on the outside looking in with a 9-5 and five over, or with a 9-5 and five record in conference, 15-9. Iowa, obviously, at 7-6, seven 17-7. and six, and seven. How many teams do you think out of the Big Ten actually make it to the tournament? Are we looking at seven? I think it could be eight. And potentially nine. Because uh, this is a big game for the Hoosiers. That's tonight. what I'm the saying. The Hoosiers yeah. need this one. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've lost three in a row. They are a much better team at home, as as is the case for most of these teams outside of Wisconsin, who is six and two on the road. Uh, they are 13 and two at home. I look at, you know, the, the bubble teams would be Rutgers, Michigan, and Indiana. The way Michigan is playing of late, you think that they might be able to, to get in there um Rutgers certainly if they continue to play the way they have could fight their way in but Indiana um desperately needs some more impressive wins and tonight would certainly be a a good step in that direction for them I uh with the teams in the state vying to get to the postseason and get to the NCAA tournament Marquette has fallen on a little bit harder times they're out of the top 25 sitting at 16 9 8 and 6 overall not that we follow out there out in Madison Marquette, but what what does it do? I mean, what does it talk? Because I know, like, in the Milwaukee area, which is where I live, people talk about Marquette basketball a little bit. Badger basketball still dominates even in these parts. But the anxiety is, can you get both teams into the tournament? Can they start to begin to represent Wisconsin all over again? And which of the two teams have a shot at going the furthest? Now, I feel the Badgers do because their starting five is so good, but Marquette might have a little bit better bench. But I don't think their starting five is as strong. But I think it's huge if you can get both teams in the state of Wisconsin into the tournament for viewership and, let's be honest, for something to do outside of baseball. Because right now, today would have been spring training. It yeah. would have been opening up, you know, officially, and we don't even have that. So it, to me, it would be huge to get both of those teams. I know Marquette's sitting, I think, at number five right now in the Big East. How good is the coaching job from both Shaka Smart and Greg right? Sard been, right? Like two right? teams two teams that were not expected to be in the positions they are. The fact that we're even talking about Marquette, you know, especially the way the season started, is really, really impressive in what Shaka has done. And I think he's kind of given them a little bit of shot in the arm that they, they wanted in that hire and, and uh, being back at a basketball-only school. 
And what Greg Art has done, not you know losing all the pieces that he did last year, finishing tenth in the Big Ten, and now to be in the position they are, those two, I mean, those two coaches have done as good a job as anybody in the country, um, based on expectations coming in. It would be huge mm-hmm. for for both teams. I think Wisconsin's pretty much a lock at this point, uh, unless they were. Now, I, I mean, I, I think they're a lock no matter what. They could lose. Maybe you think they could lose last six and still get him? I think they probably could. Probably could, yeah. yeah. Probably um, could. So, I, which isn't going to happen, of course, because they get Nebraska at the end. So, there's one guaranteed win, no matter what. Um, but, and then we'll see what happens with Marquette. But I, I really can't say enough about what they've done as coaches to get these programs to where they are right now. And, you know, then you look at Green Bay and UWM, who have both had disappointing seasons. Baldwin has been hurt for UWM, only playing, I think, in 10 games or something yeah. like that. And the percentages have been – and granted, you know, you know, going into that system, you wait till another big year comes around and maybe he's able to elevate that, that, that team, that school. But really disappointing between Green Bay. I think Green Bay's what, only got four wins on the season, if I'm not mistaken. They are um, not a good team. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know, that, yeah. That was it. That's a really, really tough place, I think, to win, especially if you're going to play the style that Will Ryan's wanting to play. Right. Um, you know, they, they offered a little bit something different under the previous. And it's not like they won a ton of games. And they had mm-hmm. some they had some good players. But um, it's it's a really tough ask. And I, I I think they relied on the name Will Ryan maybe more than his credentials uh, probably mm-hmm. probably offered um, yep. at this point. I'm not saying he's not going to be a good coach. But I mean, when his when he was at Wheeling, that was his that was where he was as a head coach, and it's not like he as, was over, and not overly successful there. So I mean, I don't know. We'll see. It's a tough spot. As as the regular season winds down, and I we don't know what's going to happen, but as the regular season winds down, now obviously Shaka Smart being hired was a little bit of a shot in the arm for the name to come into Marquette, and there was some expectation there. Pretty much lived up to it. Greg Gard coming off the controversial offseason in which he was basically torpedoed, and then that's all now in the past, and that's behind him, and he's overcome that to put his team in the third place in position in the Big Ten, which is something I don't think any of us, we, we're all hoping for like sixth and just to you know, kind of irk into the tournament, and they've been able to do it extremely well. Which coach do you think has done the better coaching job? Honestly, as somebody who's been up up close to what, Greg has done obviously follow that much closer and involved in mm-hmm. a, on a day-to-day basis I would say him because it can't be understated the fire that pe- he was under last year uh, right I mean coming off you went a big team, absolutely he's mean, been under fire since he took over for Bo. exactly it's it's impo- you do not want to be the guy that follows a legend you want to be the guy that follows the guy that followed a legend and he has been forced into this and he's actually done a really really good job all things considered but last year when you have those expectations starting here in the top 10 and then flaming out kind of like they did and then you have the off you know the tape comes out the whole Lando Tucker situation like you have all those things coming in you, that's all against you and there were people like yes it's been fire guard or uh, at different points of almost every season he's been a part of. That's just mm-hmm. that's just what it is. So what he's done this year, and you even saw people come out after the Lorecker's game and say, "Nope, this is the real great guard," and like all that, all that BS. So all the things that he's right. been under, I think he's done a better job. From what they lost last year, you didn't know what Johnny Davis was. He's turned out to be an amazing player. You get Brad Davis back. Tyler Wall has taken a huge step up. Like, and then you've got some of the younger guys that he's been able to recruit, whether it's a Stephen Crowell or a Chucky Hepburn, step up and play huge, huge roles. I think it's Greg. And obviously his staff deserves a lot of credit for that too, his assistant coaches and the players themselves. But between the two, I think uh, Greg Gard has done a, a better job than Shaka.
Yeah, I, uh, I, I think for everything that he's had to face and the pressure that he's been under, I think he's done a fantastic job. And I, my hope is, uh, have your expectations, because we were just hoping they'd get into the tournament. Now I think our expectations have risen. Do we dare say you want a Sweet 16? Yeah, I mean, this team has, the expectations for this team have certainly changed since the opening of the season. And at this point, right now, to get to the second weekend to be considered a success in my mind. And I think it's certainly doable. Assuming they don't flame out here at the end, they may they're gonna mm-hmm. there's a very good chance they end up in Milwaukee and those first two games essentially being home games, then you definitely need to make it to the right to the sweet sixteen. No doubt. Zach, great stuff, man. Appreciate it. We'll talk again soon, pal. All right, sounds good, Bill. Thanks. There you go. That's Zach Heilprin, uh, the sports director for WOZN out in Madison, covering the Badgers. Badgers, big one coming up tonight. Taking on Indiana down at Assembly Hall. I think it's an eight o'clock central time tip down there tonight. So I'm gonna be sitting at home watching that. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.